Hey jazz fans, this is Jack Hamblin, and you are listening to Utah Jazz Weekly, a podcast for every fan of the Utah Jazz. Every week I have a ton of fun writing and recording these episodes for you guys, and of course I love talking about the Utah Jazz. If you guys would like, you can leave a rate and review on this podcast. That would really help me out a ton. Now, without any further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hope you enjoy. Hello everyone, welcome back to Utah Jazz Weekly. I am your host, Jack Hamblin. I hope you guys all had a really great week. Um, We had another amazing week of Utah Jazz basketball. Um, I'm excited to go over this week what the Jazz did well to result in what happened and looking forward to previewing this week as well. Um, The Jazz continue to play amazing basketball and I love being a witness of it and I am just enjoying it while it lasts. Um, I think this is shaping up to be an amazing season overall for the Jazz. It's been amazing so far, and let's just hop right into it. Usually, I'll be doing news at the beginning of every show. That's kind of the new format I'm wanting to do is just a little introduction and then some news. But as far as jazz news goes, there's not a um, as much to note as there was last week. We do have Mike Conley has missed that tonight will be his second game against the Celtics. So he's just on a little injury watch with the hamstring. He did have a hamstring injury last season, but it was a separate leg from this season. So that's not exactly something to worry about long-term as like, oh, is one hamstring going to be a problem? Is this like a re, re-injury re of last season? It's not. It's a different leg. So that is good news um, as far as injury goes. Hopefully he gets some rest after today's game, which, like I said, he won't be playing in, and then he can get back on the roster because I know it's not too sure where he should be missing much amount of time. Um, another thing that's going on in the NBA right now is, like I said last episode, all-star voting. Um, super awesome Donovan right now is fifth in guard all-star voting in the West which is super awesome. Um, They reported that a couple days ago, and they're reporting updated rankings in two days from now, which would be Thursday. Um, So hopefully he stays. But as far as the quality of our team goes, I think there should be two all-stars. I think Donovan and Rudy are playing just as good, if not better, than what they were last season. So I think they both deserve to get on. So just make sure to go. Just You can Google NBA all-star voting or just think of like nba.com slash vote and it'll pop up. And just vote for our Jazz guys because being the best record in the NBA definitely deserves at least two all-star spots where, I mean, we could have four Um the quality of play from a lot of our guys deserves that many. Of course, not that many will be earned because um, that's just not how all-star voting and everything works. But yeah, I, I'm excited for that. As as far as the all-star game goes as well, it's interesting because the NBA, of course, decided out the all-star game this year. All-star voting is happening. But um, personally, I'm not sure if it was the right decision to hold an all-star weekend. Um, some players like LeBron... Giannis, um, another player came out and said something, Kawhi Leonard came out and said that they just don't think it's a great idea to have an all-star game. Um, LeBron said he'll be there physically, but not mentally. So it's just interesting that the NBA and the revenue that they have to produce, how it affects the players, how it affects as they make. And this is for revenue specifically. 
the All-Star game, but the NBA players are getting a cut of this. How much do they value money versus an actual break? I would say it probably would have been smarter from a safety and like a rest standpoint for the players to not have an All-Star game. But there's a lot of revenue that the NBA is attempting to make up from um, the revenue they've lost from COVID and from the stoppage of play and everything. So it makes sense from a business standpoint, but from a logical and safety standpoint, it doesn't make as much sense. I think it would have been a lot smarter to not hold it. Why risk it? The NBA season has been pretty successful so far. Um, the Grizzlies have only played 19 games out of the about 24, 25 games that every other team has played. So there are some separation of games played between teams, but overall, I think the NBA is a pretty good job of controlling COVID and everything going on with that. So um, along with the All-Star game, just some COVID news there. And then as far as anything else related to the Jazz, um, I don't, I'm not sure if there's anything left of note. Um, I can just check here really quick, but I couldn't really find anything because last week there were a couple more things as far as what Shaq said and different drama news like that. But of, uh, apart from the Jazz being the best record in the NBA, which of course we'll talk about more, there's not... Um, a plethora of news happening right now. So we can just move on to this last week and how great the Jazz have been doing. So like I said, Jazz are currently 19 and five. We are one third of the way through the season. So if we take what the Jazz have done so far, a lot of people might say the Jazz have been really healthy and stayed healthy, which is true. And I think they've gotten really lucky with that. Not a lot of players have missed a lot of time. Favors and Ingles both missed two or three. Donovan missed two, and now Conley's on his second missed game, so a couple short injuries. But then as far as COVID goes, none of our main players have, knock on wood, there's been no, no issues with COVID. So compared to other teams who have dealt with a lot of injuries or COVID has hit them hard, the Jazz have been lucky to get healthy. So I would contribute some of our success to that. But Taking one third of the season so far, it's not, this is not no longer just a good stretch of play from a team. This is a good team of the season. The Utah Jazz are a good team of the season. Um, sitting at 19 and 5 is amazing. And we're hitting a really hard um, stretch of the schedule, and we'll talk more about that later. But there's so many aspects to the Jazz, and the complexity of success is becoming larger with each win because it's making the Jazz a a like more complicated team. They aren't only winning in one way. And at one point, a lot of us might have thought, I thought that the Jazz could maybe only win relying on the three. Like past episodes I've talked about, live and die by the three. If we're not hitting threes, we're not winning. And that's no longer true because some games this week that we ended up winning, the threes were not hitting at all, specifically on Sunday. So if we look back on this week, um, this episode on a Tuesday, obviously different from the normal Wednesday or Monday release. Um, I just got busy yesterday, so I pushed it back a day. Um, so if we go all the way back to a week ago, the Jazz beat the Pistons. I think that's kind of old news. I mean, we can go over a little, a little bit. They won 117-105. It feels like a long time ago, but just a really great win from our guys. They were up by a lot and almost let the Pistons come back and win. Um, Mitchell had a great 32-point game, Conley with 20, 
Gilbert had nine seven and two, so uh, a good win against a team we should be winning. And then the Jazz headed on the road against Atlanta, Charlotte Hornets, and Indiana Pacers Thursday, Friday, Sunday, all on the road. At the beginning of the week on last week's episode, I was very nervous for this week because of the wear that the guys would be put on, the just exhaustion of playing on the road, and then these are pretty pretty good teams out east. So I did not think we were going to go four and zero this week, but we did. We ended up where we hit another winning streak. We're in four in a row, won all of last week, and. We won specifically in Indiana, like I said, without even playing our best basketball of the season. Um, the Atlanta win was interesting because Trey Young, their best player, was out. And we played a pretty decent game offensively, but really the root of our team is defensively. We are playing amazing. Every player there's not a liability on defense. Some some years there have been liabilities on defense. Last year, George Niang coming off the bench, he was rated one of the worst one-on-one defenders in the entire NBA, and you could see it at some points in his game, and that was a pretty big liability. Um, I don't think Rudy took a step back last year, but this year I think he's playing better than he was last year. And then I think Donovan's progressed his game defensively. Uh, Royce has obviously... for. Uh, progressed his game defensively in a huge way. So it's just, it's been about defense, especially this week. So if we look at the Atlanta game, we held them to 91 points. Their highest score was John Collins with 17 points. He shot one for six from three. So um, I guess another piece of news kind of that um, broke in this Atlanta game. So the Detroit game, the Jazz broke the record for most 15 point, 15 three-point games in a row beating the Rockets. I think it was 11 or 12. So that was a pretty good, pretty cool stat that the Jazz are, the game is just evolving so much into the three-point game. So it's pretty cool that the Jazz could be the one to break that record. And I mean, this season just shows as our, I mean, this is the best three-point shooting season a team has ever had so far. And if we can keep it up the whole season, it's going to be the best three-point shooting season a team ever had. So it's just been amazing. It's been unlike anything I've ever seen as a Jazz fan, and man, I'm just enjoying it. And I mean, I hope it lasts. It seems like play this amazing isn't going to last at such a high volume as it is, but we've definitely set a base, and the Jazz are confident, and they are ready to be competitive for a final spot. And we are far from that point. We have no idea what's going to happen between now and then, but as of now we are the best team in the NBA and we've played like the best team in the NBA. I mean, are we the highest chance to win the finals? I would not say so, but I think this is a start of an amazing full season for the Jazz. Um, if we look back specifically at the Charlotte game and the um, Pacers game, the Jazz just are winning in so many different ways. And We have, for the first time in a long time, the Jazz have a lot of players that can step up and score 30 in a game when our star is struggling. So Donovan's been on a huge tear lately, playing really amazing against every team this week. 
Um, his worst game was in Atlanta, and it still was a, a pretty great game. He had 18, 3, and 5 with two steals, and he was our second highest plus-minus player. So still a pretty good game, and especially defensively had a good game. But then against Charlotte, Donovan had 30, and um, Boyan had 31, shooting 7 for 10 from 3. So we're at the point with the Jazz where the roster is just stacked with confidence, with chemistry, and the ability to have someone have an off night and somebody else is going to step up. When Donovan was hurt, Ingles stepped up, and it's just about all of these different things. Like when Derek Favors went out, Jawan Morgan, a guy that doesn't get minutes for us normally, next man up next man up man mentality and it's just really amazing to see um the charlotte game the jazz won 138 121 like i said boyon had 31 um mitchell had 30 conley had 16 conley of course with the highest plus minus in the nba had a team leading plus minus rudy with four blocks 15 rebounds 12 points um so yeah, a really good game against Charlotte. The pace was very good. We shot 52% from three. And it's really interesting to see. Obviously, the Jazz are like a nightmare for opposing coaches right now because they're playing the hottest almost any team has ever played. Um, we've won 15 of our last 16 or 14 of our last 16, if I look here. Um, let's see here. So dating back to the Milwaukee win on January 8th. So over a month ago. Jazz of 1, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So 15 and 1 in our last 16 games. So obviously the Jazz are like a nightmare for um, opposing coaches right now. And it's very interesting to see how other coaches have tried to guard the Jazz. Atlanta attempted to basically like hug the three-point line and just like our three-pointers we only attempted 27 and made 13 and our average attempts per game is let me see here now it's around 41 let's see here three-point attempts 42 so we attempt 42 three-pointers on average sorry and then um, we attempted 27 against Atlanta, but we made 13, which is 48%, which is a very great number. Um, and they just hugged the three-point line, and they attempted to kind of shut us down there. But in doing that, they allowed us to get in the paint a lot easier. Clarkson had 23 points, and he shot amazing from beyond the arc, but... Um, we were 48% overall field goals, and we just shot really well from the from the field, aside from where they were coming from the three. So it allowed more ball movement from us, and just if you – the Jazz are forcing teams to focus more on only one aspect of our offense, and that just really leaves another part open. Teams have tried – so basically that's what Atlanta tried to do. And then the Hornets – were playing an interesting type of zone against us. And they were just trying to do something other teams haven't really done, which is run that 3-2 zone against us to see if that can maybe guard the shooters better, if that doesn't give us more open threes. But we shot 53s and made 52%. So we made 26 threes, which is a Jazz franchise record. 26 threes in one game. Ogie had seven. 
Royce had three, Donovan had five, Conley had four, Ingles had two, Clarkson had three, Niang had one, and Oni had one. The Jazz just have so many players that can play so well. I haven't seen a roster like this in Utah in so long, like since mid-2000s when we made the Western Conference Finals and lost to the Spurs. Like, this is probably the best Jazz team since then. Maybe um, Donovan's rookie year was a really good year um, when we knocked the Thunder out of the first round of the playoffs, but this is definitely the most well-rounded team the Jazz have had in a very long time and probably the most well-rounded team in the NBA as far as depth goes and both sides of the ball go, at least so far this season. And it really showed in this Hornets game. So uh, a great performance by a lot of players on the team. Um, and then if we go on Sunday, so basically the Jazz are playing very exhausted and the season's been going on for a while. The season is an exhausting amount of games, especially this season where we're cramming more games into a smaller amount of time. So um, either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, this last about a week ago, the Jazz fly to Atlanta. They play them Thursday night. And then after that Thursday night, they fly overnight to Charlotte to play the Hornets. And then after the Hornets game or that Saturday day, they fly to Indianapolis and play the Pacers. So they are just exhausted. You could see it in the Pacers game. Conley has been announced as out midway through the Hornets game. And the Hornets are, or the Pacers are playing pretty great basketball. They've kind of hit a, a rough patch, but the Jazz are doing something that has been a huge weakness before, which is just playing unlike they've had really high peaks at some games, but then other games you're like, who is this Jazz team? Why aren't we playing like we were before? The Jazz have locked in that they can play consistent basketball, and they pulled out an exhausted Conley-less win against the Pacers. It was close nearly the whole game. If we look at the halftime score, the Jazz, it was tied. Yeah, it was tied 47-47. And honestly, like if you were listening to David Locke, who is the Jazz radio broadcaster, or if you're listening to Bullard Jack, who's the Jazz uh, TV announcer, um, both of them, you could kind of tell, were not expecting a win. And if you were watching the game and their analysis, the Jazz are dead tired. Um, the legs are extremely exhausted and just physically being like traveling, the lack of sleep and just the amount of NBA basketball they were playing just left them exhausted. So the game starts and everybody just seems dead tired and it just feels like one of those games that's going to be ugly to watch and a win is not going to happen. But this is a different Jazz team. This is a confident Jazz team. This is a gritty Jazz team. And it's unlike previous seasons where normally these games would be lost. These games are the ones that they still plot a win despite being exhausted and despite being that tired. So it was a great game. The Jazz won 103.95. Um, it's so, it's so funny because the Jazz haven't had a triple-double in so long. <laughs> over 13 seasons, well, like, this is the 13th season, over 13 years now. 
or at about 13 years that the Jazz haven't had a triple-double. The last time a player on the Jazz had a triple-double was against a team that doesn't even exist anymore, the Seattle Supersonics. And with about two and a half minutes left in the Pacers game, Donovan was one rebound away from a triple-double. And he couldn't find it. He couldn't get that one rebound. The Jazz are still triple-double-less since 2008 so long ago that I was six years old in <laughs> that year. Um, I was in first grade the last time the Jazz, a Jazz player got a triple-double, and it's not like the Jazz have been that awful in the past 13 seasons. It's just, it's been a more well-rounded type of success than a person getting triple-double success, but nonetheless, I'm sure it will happen soon. I just find it really amusing. Um, but yeah, Donovan had a really great game. Um, came out, I think, as the team leader he is progressing game by game, and you can see it um, as our leader, as the Jazz's guy. Um, I think he came out, he saw the exhaustion, and it's not like he knew he had to take over the game, but I think he knew he had to bring the energy and that he could have it be contagious to the other guys. And it, it really came. Um, I think it was probably Rudy's best defensive game of the season. The Pacers run two centers in their starting lineup in DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner. And um, Rudy took care of him both super well. The bonus shot seven for 19 from the field and had 20 points. And then Turner shot four for seven and only had 11 points. So Rudy keeping both of their centers to 31 points combined was a great accomplishment. Um, the I'm going to go over it in between... Um, us talking about this last week and then previewing this next week. I'm going to go through most of the Jazz roster, and I'm going to talk about um, where their biggest progression is, if it if it does exist, from last season to this season. But one thing I can say is it really showed what we're going to talk about with Rudy in this game. And I, to me, he is the defensive player of the year, and I don't see a really big argument for any other player in the league. He has just been playing on that other level. The Jazz are a great defensive team. Um, if we look at the Jazz's defensive ratings, I mean, there's tons that you can look at. I mean, our record alone shows. Um, if we look at opponent points per game, um, our opponents score an average of 105.7. That's third in the NBA. A field goal percentage of 43%. Um, that is second in the NBA. Um, a three-point percentage of 35%. That's fourth in the, in the NBA. So all of these amazing defensive... Um, these amazing defensive stats, the Jazz are, are leading. Um, if we look at... I mean... He is just, I, I don't know. I mean, I've heard people talk about Anthony Davis. I don't think he's had a great year so far. I don't think he should really even be in that conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. I think there's a couple guys above him even. Like, I wouldn't, I don't even know if he'd be in the top five of my voting. And I think Rudy is just the top of that. He's leading one of the best defenses in the NBA. He, he just affects the game better than almost any defensive player ever in NBA history. And it's just, it's confusing to me why people think he's overpaid. I don't know if they're just a casual fan or if they don't understand his impact aside from stats and how without him, 
the game would be so different. The Utah Jazz play would be incredibly different. I don't know if that's just something that they don't understand, but Rudy is just an amazing defensive player. I know that's um something we all know, but man, he is just so great <laughs> this season. Um, and we'll talk about how he's even improved this season as a defensive player. The Jazz, another way he contributes on the whole team is contributing. We're second in differential, so we outscore our opponents on average per game eight and a half points, which is amazing. Um, field goal percentage, we are fifth in the NBA. We get two and a half more. We make two and a half more percent of our shots than the rest of the NBA, or than our opponents. And then we make 5.3% more of our threes, which is second in the NBA, which is only 0.3%. Um, less than the Clippers, who are in first. So the Jazz seem almost unstoppable. I'm excited to for this stretch of games, for these, for these games coming up, because incredibly difficult opponents, very great teams, and I'm excited to have the Jazz prove how great they are against every team in the NBA and how they are top dog at the moment. Um, it's just been an amazing stretch. Um, yeah. If we... I think that's all I have to say about these past games. Um, it was a great road trip. The Jazz are home now for three games, four games, and then have a little road trip to LA and then two home games and then four road games. And then we're halfway done with the season and it's going to be the all-star break. So um, if I just go over really quickly and then we can, I'm going to talk about improvement this, like why the jazz are playing so much better this season versus last season with virtually the same roster, like the same exact roster other than favors, which he's been amazing as well. Um, Jazz play Celtics, Bucks, Heat. Three great East teams. Heat have really struggled, but they still have the ability to be great. And then Philadelphia, who is a top three team in the East, I think. And then the Clippers twice, the Hornets again, the Lakers, the Heat again, the Magic, the Pelicans, the Sixers. So out of like our last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games of this half of the season, I would like there's some games that I know the Jazz are like almost for sure out of those games there's only like three or four i think the jazz would win and the rest could go either way easily like easily go the jazz playing really well and come out with the win play really well and just get bested by the other team or don't play well and come out with a loss so before we go over this next week of games, which is only three, but I think it's going to be a really great week. Um, we're still playing the East. It's a it's an Eastern stretch before we get back into some Western games. But um, I just have noticed, and I've always been curious as the season has progressed and how we have gotten so much better, how the Jazz have gotten so much better. What is the difference? Is it avoiding covid like i was talking about is it the injuries um being avoided pretty pretty much for the for the most part um is it other teams just being hit with that injury has it just been an easy schedule to start the season all those things might be true in some way but this is not just a fluke and a third of the way through the season it is not it's not just a good stretch by a decent team. It is a great team now. 
like I was saying before, I'm excited for us to play the Lakers eventually. We haven't played them yet this season. We have played the Clippers, and we beat them, and we played Denver twice. And the game they beat us, Jokic and the rest of the team had to have the best three-point shooting performance of their life. Beat us, so um, it's they're just a great team. And I think they're a great team having the same roster as last season for the following reasons if we just go down the Jazz roster. So I'm going to pull up the Jazz roster really quick here. And I'm just going to talk about, if if possible, um, why we are more successful last season versus this season, individual player improvement. So, like, just how players have improved, basically. So, Mitchell has been a great player since his rookie season. Halfway through his rookie season, he came in, he played amazing, he was still in the draft. Um, but one thing that... He has never been great at is being a great like elevating his team to play better he's always been a great individual scorer this season Mitchell is one of the best passers in the NBA and he is turning into such a great teammate someone that makes everyone on the floor better because he's on the floor with them and he, from the moment he talked about last season in the bubble, they asked him what he'd been working on. He said, I've been working on my court vision, getting the ball to the people on my team I need to, to my teammates, and just being a better passer and having better vision that way. He has improved so much in that, in that way. It is so amazing the way he's done that. He had 11 assists against the Pacers. He is averaging, I think, six and a half assists. So he's at five assists for the season, but it's it's on an upward trend because it was at four and a half um, just a couple weeks ago, and he's at 4.9 now, so almost five. And he's just had some amazing games. Having 11 assists, that ties his career high in, against the Pacers, but they are just, they're creative. They are amazing skill-wise and physically. And so I think... He, Donovan's play last season versus this season as far as spreading the ball and the amazing passes um, are just his biggest improvement and why he and where he has improved to make the Jazz a better team. Um, I just, Mitchell passes are becoming one of my favorite things in the NBA now. Um, they're just amazing. So um, that's just where we are with Donovan. And then just going down the roster, um, I think Boyan has played very similar to last season, this season. Something that I think he's improved it is, is post-play. If he is struggling behind the arc, he gets in the post. He can be a pretty good post-up player. Sometimes it can be ineffective. The spacing with Rudy doesn't always get to where it needs to be, but um, it's just good to have that option. You know, if you are a one-dimensional player, and that one dimension is okay. So that one dimension is not going to work out every game. Um, you just have to have other aspects of your game on both sides of the ball, but specifically talking about offense, you need to be able to score in multiple ways. And Boyan can do that. I I think he does it better than last season. His post um, usage and post decisions were not as um frequent as last season as they are this season so i think he he's doing great in that way and i think 
that's just one thing that he's kind of added, not specifically improved, but I think it has helped um, us this season, that addition to his game. He's averaging less points per game this season than last season. He's at 16, but he has been on fire recently from three, and even if those threes aren't falling, he can get in the post and still be pretty effective. Um, probably the most underrated player on the Jazz for sure, one of the most underrated players in the NBA, and I'm excited to see, because I, I'm excited to see, I'm excited to have the nation see him play, because I think that um, he's such an player, is underrated player is Royce. Um, the reason I'm excited to have the nation see is because um, when there's just fans of the NBA, not specifically a team, they're just going to be watching whatever team is on national television that day um and not specifically a team so i don't think a lot of people have watched a lot of jazz games and they don't know the effect royce has and the jazz play tonight nationally and i think royce is going to have a great game he's going to be guarding jason tatum who is an amazing offensive player he's from mitchell's draft class he he's great i think he's the best player from that draft class probably with donovan as a close second but um Anyways, Royce is just a phenomenal defender. Um, being called up as a starter, it's just been an amazing progression season by season, what he has done. Um, we just stick him on there, the other team's best um, player, whether it be a forward or a guard, um, and he he does a great job defending them. I wouldn't say he's to the point where he can be making defensive all defensive NBA teams, maybe a third team this season. I think he'd have to improve it a little bit better. But he is just the unsung hero of this team. And I think he is up there as, like, one of the most valuable players on our team, maybe a top three most valuable, like, above maybe Conley, above maybe Mitchell, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Because if Royce isn't there and he's out for some reason, who is defending that that team's best player who on our team is that consistent and elite and physical and great on defense great enough to contain that team's best player Royce has done a great job of doing that I think he's a very underrated defensive player and just a guy who every point he scores it's going to be in the single digits almost every game he's averaging six points I think eight points per game seven rebounds almost half a six the rebounds have also been awesome. So I'd say two biggest things is his defensive and his rebounds. But he's only scoring an average of eight points per game. Every one of those points are going to be exactly when the Jazz need them. That three is going to be exactly in the fourth quarter or third quarter when the other team's on a run and it needs to be stopped. It's going to be Royce that makes it. He is just that kind of guy. Great glue guy. Um, the rebounds are amazing, especially I'm wondering his offensive um rebounds per game let's see here if we look at royce o'neill's stats um let's see here. so per game give me how i want it um let's see here um Let's see if I can find it here because offensive rebounds and the be able and the ability to um score 
second chance points are uh, amazing, amazing things to be able to do. So here we go. Royce O'Neal offensive rebounds per game is just one and then 5.7 defensive rebounds per game. So I think second on our team in rebounds per game. Yep. So Rudy's averaging 13 and a half rebounds per game and he's averaging 6.8. And when Rudy's being boxed out, it's going to be Royce there to get him. And he's just been an amazing player in both of those, that defensive side of the ball and that, that, that rebounding side of the ball as well. And I'm excited to watch him continue to evolve as a second round pick the same year Donovan was drafted. Um, I don't know. I know nobody in the NBA, and I don't think any Jazz fans expected him to be a starter one day. But he's evolved his game in a very great way. Props to our development coaching staff, and props to Royce to be able to evolve your game in that way. Um, and then if we look at Conley, last season versus this season, it's like night and day. Um, myself, along with every other Jazz fan, um, was frustrated and upset with Conley last season, and. It's hard because it was a new system. The Jazz have a very complex system. And it's just been amazing to see last season versus this season and his ability to grow because he played in the same system for so long. So I know I've talked about this before, so I'm not going to like reiterate um, his ability like to fit in our new system last season versus this season. But to go from what was considered one of the most highest overpaid players in the NBA last season and someone that we were all frustrated with as what we did pay him for and what we did expect. This is the Conley we paid for and this is what we expected last season, but it just came a little later. And I mean, I don't know what else to like say about it. And I don't know what else we really realistically should have expected because of the complexity of our system. So I think that Conley this season has been amazing. Highest average of assists on our team he is just I would say he's the second most valuable player on our team next to Rudy I'd say Rudy is by far the most valuable player of our team um but Conley has just been great 16 and a half points almost four rebounds and almost six assists per game and his experience in the NBA is showing amazingly this season and his chemistry with our team has just been amazing this season as well, and the uh, amount that that has grown has been uh, astronomically better. Um, I'm glad we got the win without him on Sunday. Hopefully we can get the win without him tonight. Um, I know Boston is missing one of their best players, their best defensive player, Marcus Smart, so they're a little shorthanded as well for one of their best, um, so it's going to be interesting to see how each team does missing one of their best players. Um, and then we look at Rudy and his difference between last season and this season, and Rudy's knock and what people have like judged him as not an elite quotations defender in the NBA is that he can't guard the wing, but Rudy can guard the wing now, and the stats show it this season. Um, he, he can do it. He wasn't really that great at it last season, and his whole career he hasn't been great at it, but he's evolved his game to be able to guard the wing. Um, almost every game, when Rudy is the closest player to the ball handler on the other team, they have the lowest percentage when Rudy is the closest player, no matter where they are on the court. So, obviously, Rudy's not going to be out on the wing. He lives at the rim because an amazing 
defensive rim player in the paint. Um, but he is no longer a liability when they stretch him out of the paint. Um, as far as on-ball defense, off-ball defense, it needs to be something that's adjusted in a more effective way, um, not leaving the rim exposed, but he, if he ends up in a situation where he is guarding the wing, it's no longer a liability. It's not exactly something we go for, but it is, it is amazing. He's doing amazing at guarding the wing when he has to, and it's not a hole in his game that people can expose anymore. And I think he should win Defensive Player of the Year because of that addition to the game. And I think it's a huge reason why the Jazz are one of the best defensive teams in the NBA because of, of course, the return of Derek Favors and um, Rudy being able to guard the wing in a more effective way now. Um, I don't know if there's any other players really on our roster that have um, had a really big difference from last season versus this season. Clarkson fit right into the Jazz, one of the smoothest transitions of a player into a team after a trade that I've ever seen. And he's still playing great. He's shooting insane from three this season. Um, let's look at stats really quick from three. Clarkson is shooting. He's averaging... Here, shooting splits, Jordan Clarkson. He's attempting eight threes per game and making three at 38.7%. And I think he's shooting 50% from pull-up threes, which is an amazing, amazing number. And he's shooting 97% from the free throw line. He only attempts one and a half per game, though. Um, He's just been amazing. And, I mean, honestly, right now, if the NBA were to hold awards. Quinn Snyder should win coach of the year. Nobody's talking about it. I do not know why. He is taking a great ensemble team to a new level of play. And um, Rudy should be defensive player of the year. I do not think there's anybody else that deserves it at this point in the season. And then Clarkson will win sixth man of the year. if Unless he falls off a cliff or an injury heaven forbid Clarkson I think is going to win six man of the year for sure I don't know if Rudy will win defensive player of the year I think he should um and I think Snyder deserves coach of the year I'm not sure if he will either because usually coach of the year goes to a a coach that took like a non-datum a playoff team or like a seventh or eighth seed and made him like a three or four seed which is kind of what the Jazz are doing I mean if the Jazz go from a sixth seed which is what we were on the playoffs last year to a second seed by the end of the season of course there's a lot of basketball left to play but um, Quinn Snyder deserves that coach of the year. So the Jazz have played some of the best basketball, like I said, that any team has played so far this season as far as a, a stretch that they've had. And they look to continue it this week with three games. We have one tonight at 8 p.m. It is a national broadcast. It's going to be on TNT. So for those of you that don't get every normal Jazz game, if you just have like Hulu's live um, channels or just your normal cable, it's on TNT and it starts at 8 o'clock. It's going to be a great game. Um, Boston's a really great team. Uh, I respect Boston a lot. I think that they have an amazing roster. Um, and I'm excited for this game. I think the Jazz will pull out a win in this game. Um Marcus Smart is a big miss for them. He would be on Donovan, 
for this game, and I think that would be a huge advantage for them, but he is out at the moment. And I think that it is gonna be gonna be great for the for the Jazz. I think a win will happen tonight. Um it's annoying to cover this, <laughs> um, but it's hard not to talk about it. Um the Jazz are on TNT, like I said. Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq is on their panel, so we will see tonight. Um, you can like hear it in the tone of my voice how annoyed I am, but we'll see the Shaq drama tonight and the media attention that Shaq gets. I'm, I guess, I'm somewhat excited, but um, it's just annoying that Shaq gets all this attention because of the stupid things he says. Um, yeah, we'll see what interview he has for Donovan tonight, if he says anything about Rudy. Um, you know, it's kind of fun, the drama, the antics, but it, it can get old at some point. So I guess we'll see what happens tonight as far as that goes. I'm more focused on the play. Um, ESPN predicts the Jazz at a 61% chance of winning. Um, they're minus six for the bet. So Jazz are favored in this game. I'd say they're probably favored in almost any game at this point of the season against any opponent, maybe not the Lakers or the Sixers. Um, I don't know. It just their their opinion and the Jazz usually have a bias against them. But um the biggest matchup for me in this game is Jason Tatum and Royce O'Neal. I would be very surprised if Royce did not guard Tatum for this game. That would be a confusing decision. But I think that that's a great matchup to watch. It's going to be interesting to see how Royce guards Tatum because he is great in many aspects of the game. He shoots great from three. He's been amazing these last couple of games from three. He has a good mid-range game, and he can run to the rim pretty effectively as well. So it's going to be interesting to see um, Royce on Tatum. Um, I think Donovan will have a great game. I think Jalen Brown will probably be guarding him. Um, he's going to be playing the point because... Um, Conley's still out, so we can expect Donovan at the point, and then um, our starting lineup will be Donovan, same as in same again as it was, excuse me, um, as it was against the Pacers. It's going to be Donovan, Royce, uh, Bogey, Joe, and Favors, and then the um, Oni will probably fill in some minutes, and that'll probably be all other than our guys that normally play. Um, another interesting matchup for tonight is going to be Rudy against Daniel Tice, who I, I think they're having Tice still start at center. They might be having um, Tristan Thompson start at center, which would be kind of crazy to me, but um, we will see here. They got started. So they lost to the Suns. Let's see. So it looks like they are starting Thompson and bringing Tice off the bench. Um, that'll be interesting for them. Wow. Um, I think Rudy's going to have a great time against Thompson. He's a, he's a small, um, Rudy should have a big game, maybe a 20 point game from Rudy tonight. I would, I would, I would bet Rudy has a 20 point game tonight. We'll see. And then, yeah, like I said, they're, both of our teams are without our highest assists per game player. There's as Marcus Smart ours as Mike Conley. So it'll be interesting to see the ISO game. And if that, um, affects that as far as the assists go um the celtics have struggled a bit to start the season they are 12 and 10 i think they are let's see the 
standing for the NBA here. They are fourth in the East, 12 and 10. So they have a very talented roster. Um, Brad Stevens, their coach, very smart coach. Um, one of my favorite coaches in the NBA. But um, we'll see. We'll see what they do tonight. I think the Jazz will win, but we'll see what these Celtics hand us. And then the Jazz get a much-needed two-day break. The Jazz have not had one of those in a while. Let me see the last time the Jazz had two nights off. It is much-needed. Um, it was earlier this week, I think, yeah. So the Jazz played Pistons on Tuesday and then kind of a two-day break, except they had to travel. So not as much of a break as this time. So like the last time the Jazz got a two-day break without travel was the 27th to the 29th when we played Dallas at home. So that this is going to be a good break. They don't play Wednesday, Thursday. And then Friday we have a game at home against Milwaukee. Um, we did beat Milwaukee once earlier this season, 131 to 118. And we always seem to play well against Milwaukee. Um, I remember it was either Donovan's rookie year or his second year. He had his career high up in the 40s at that point. Um, but Milwaukee is playing its best stretch as of late. Um, yeah, they're playing amazing. Let's see their schedule as of late. They beat Denver. Yeah, they're on a nice five-game winning streak, beating Portland, the Pacers, the Cavaliers twice, and they beat Denver yesterday. So um, they're on one. I could see the Jazz falling short in this game. They are coming off of rest, which is really great. Um, but I think Milwaukee's hitting their stride as far as their great regular season play um, because they always play really great in the regular season. We all know that. It's the playoffs where they have struggled. But I can see the Jazz falling short in this one. I could. I know it's going to be very close, but I can see the Jazz falling short. Um our history with Milwaukee, we have been really successful, but I think it's going to be a, a good game for the Jazz. And then on Saturday, um, the next day, we play Miami, who has been playing awful basketball so far. One of the worst offensive teams coming off of a final appearance is crazy. They're 9-14. and 14. They're out of the playoffs right now. Their last 10 games, they're 3-7. and seven. They're bottom three in the league in points per game. Um, one of the, like, literally playing one of the worst ball in the NBA. They are pretty hurt. Um, Miles Myers Leonard on their team. Um, one of their great guys is out for the season. And then some other guys are out for a good period of time on their team. So they are hurt and they aren't playing well. So I think the Jazz will win easily on Saturday. And then that's it for this week. Only three games um, hasn't happened a ton. Um, it does happen occasionally as far as the podcast schedule goes, where usually they're on Monday. And then, so for the Jazz's game next Monday, um, I'll be doing the podcast before the game. So I think that's going to be about it for today. This was um, a little bit of a longer episode than the, the later or the ones that I've done as of late. But I've had a lot to say. I had a whole other day to consume jazz media and think about what I was going to talk about since the podcast was a day later than it usually is. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this week. Um, playing Eastern teams is really interesting because, of course, it doesn't affect our standings or like the seeding and tiebreakers and that kind of thing. But it's really fun to see some teams that I don't watch as often because I, I am a bigger fan of the West and I'll watch Western games more. But it'll be fun to see what Boston's got tonight, and then if Miami can kind of pull things together against us on Saturday. But 
I think Jess should just keep this up. I'm enjoying this greatly. Like, I didn't think this is not what I expected out of the Jess season at all. I knew it was going to be a good season, but being the best team in the NBA is something I only dreamed of um, for the Jazz at, at the start of the season. Um, they've been great. I think they are just confident. They have this new mentality as we are the best team and we are going to remain the best team. So I think that it is just an amazing, an amazing thing to watch. I hope you guys are all enjoying the season so far. Um, I hope the Jazz can keep it up, and this final stretch is really going to prove if the Jazz are up there with title contenders. Um, next episode, I'm going to talk a little bit more about um, maybe playoff implications. I know we're not even halfway done with the season, but being one-third, what we can expect as fans um, and other things like that. Um, I'm hoping to have some better um, like trend music between segments, like a new segment music we'll just see how much time i have um working and going to college and all that stuff i'm sure some of you know how it is and life gets busy but um, i'm glad i could find the time today to to make this for you guys so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode make sure to spread the word about the podcast if you guys enjoyed it um let your other jazz friends know if you have some friends with basketball invite them to watch a couple jazz games um they're playing great right now, very entertaining basketball. So this is like the best time to introduce uh, someone to the Jazz. So watch some games with them and then have them. Guys. I think it is a good pairing to the games as far as being a Jazz fan goes. So I will talk to you guys all next week. Hope you have a great week. Um, hope we can come back and praise the Jazz game even more. Or maybe we will see them be a little bit more human and criticize them. And, they've been struggling with so we will see um i will see you guys all next week hope you have a great week and we will see you guys later have a good one